Saturday morning, and welcome to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook on another September weekend. Oh, it's the first September weekend. I hope you enjoyed, well, last weekend, I guess you could call it a September weekend, with the old Labor Day mixed in. I hope you had a great time. I hope you were able to get in and take advantage of our sale last weekend. Because guess what, folks? The prices went up, okay? Now we're 20 to 50% off, okay? You know, 20 to 50% off now. Obviously, a few things went down in price, okay? But the majority went up to 20%. So you lost 10%, okay? So when I say the end of the sale, man, were we busy. Oh, knocked it out of the park. Crazy busy, you know, weekend. You know, but there's some good deals out there at 50% off. Now you say, well, why Why did you do that? Why, why didn't you just offer that? Well, I'll tell you why. At this point in the season, we have items that we do not want to overwinter. Okay, we don't want to keep them over the winter. It's not worth it to us. And that's why we put things at clearance prices, just like any other store. Okay, so now, you know, maybe there's a few evergreens that, yeah, you know what? I, I don't want them. I don't want them anymore. You know, maybe there's a few trees that we've had for two seasons, still good product, but I don't want to keep them another year. You know, maybe there's some shop-worn stuff and that heat we had in August and, you know, they got kind of shop-worn. Maybe we missed a watering. Prime example of why some of these things are 50% off. Now, why do you buy plants at deep discounts? Okay. It's a good question. I'm not sure. Okay, I always like to buy the freshest stuff I can, but here's the trick. Listen to our staff, okay? Because they like selling plants that are reasonably priced too. You know, they like and will give you the right advice of, yeah, I'd I'd put that in the ground. Or, eh, I don't know, you know, in your situation, it's windswept and I, that's plants a little stressed. I, you know, probably not a great choice for you. But everybody has different conditions. And so ask questions. When you go into garden centers and you see clearance items, it's not a bad idea to ask, well, why is this on clearance? You know, it's just a good question. I will tell you right now, we don't put anything on clearance that we think will not overwinter. If it will not overwinter, we take it and we put it in the dumpster or in the compost pile. We make that very strong distinction. And all of our plants that we sell on sale are guaranteed for the purchase price. Okay, that's not true at all garden centers. It's not true at all, you know, retailers, period. So think about that. And if that butterfly bush, say, we don't want to overwinter those. And I'm not saying butterfly bush are on sale because they're not, (laughs) other than 20% off. But there might be a couple left over from spring, you know, that we've got big, beautiful, blooming ones that just come in, and we've got four or five scragglers from from the spring that we just want to move out. So there's some gems out there, folks. And what you're doing is you're buying plants that really what you're doing is you're buying the root systems. You're buying these plants that have been in the pot and that are going to flourish. They just need a home. They need to get in soil. And we can't plant everything. That we have left over. It's just not possible. The other thing is perennials. Prime example. We've got some bleeding hearts that are left. They look like dirt in a pot. They've gone completely dormant. They don't have any foliage. 
But man, will they show a spring glory like you read about. I mean, just unbelievable. So things like that we put on special. Why? Because we want to clear them out. We don't need them anymore. We're going to have a fresh crop in the spring. Maybe there's perennials that we've cut back. And we'll talk a little bit more about cutting back perennials also. With perennials, you are buying root system. So maybe there's some nepeta that was overgrown and we've cut it back 50% off. Who cares? You're buying a root system. All you want that plant to do is root this fall. It's all you care about. Okay? And that's what fall is good for. Okay? So some good deals. And it's like a scavenger hunt. Because we don't put everything in one area. We kind of ticket things throughout the yard. So you got to kind of look. Okay? But some great deals in there. You know, the staff's done a great job of marking some wonderful things. There's some things that are top quality that I just know I don't want anymore. I know I'm, I just want to offer them at a good price and get rid of them. Okay, so there's some first quality stuff too. But the end of last week's show, we kind of ended with mums. And I kind of got caught a little off guard, didn't have quite enough time to explain how you pick out the right mums. And this is mum season. We're in it now, September. You know, it's time to freshen up. In the next week or 10 days, we're going to have all kinds of the ma, the cabbage and kale and, and all of those pumpkins and corn stalks and gourds. And, you know, all of that's going to kind of boom. All of a sudden, you're going to see just this massive amount of decorating stuff. And there's two reasons for fall. Fall is a great time for planting, but in my opinion, it's the best time for decorating. I love it. We've got a natural decoration out in the garden why not add some accents around the doors? You know, Christmas is another time for decorating, but I like fall decorating better than even Christmas. And did you know Halloween is the number one decorating holiday in the world? So fall is the biggest decorating time frame. It's also not a short season. You start in September and you go to Thanksgiving. So your money is well spent. For the eight weeks or 12 weeks you get, it's not like Christmas that it's two weeks and done. So think about putting a little more energy into fall. Of course, Christmas is Christmas. You got you to gotta deck the halls, but I like the whole time frame of fall. Planting, decorating, cool nights, candied apples, corn mazes. Oh! Pick your own apples. My wife's already saying, when are we going? When are we going? When are we going? There's nothing better than fall in Maine. I'm sorry. I love summer in Maine, but fall in Maine, you get warm days. You can go out on the water. You get cool nights. You're sitting by the fire. Just a wonderful time of year. So let's talk about those mums, okay? So how do you pick the right mum to fit your circumstances. So let's run some scenarios here. So you've got a dinner party in a week. Okay, number one scenario. Needs to look good for an event. Whether it be a wedding, whether it be you're just having people over, whether it be I want them to look good all the time. You know? So how do I hit those key things and what do I look for when I come into the store? So, 
If you have a short time frame situation, meaning a week to 10 days, maybe two weeks, you want to be halfway open to two-thirds open. Okay? Because then they're going to peak in that time frame. And then you're probably going to go by. The flowers are going to go by and you're done. So for some of those things, what I like to do is I like to use them around the doors, on the patio step, you know, not necessarily planting them. Now, if I'm looking for a longer time frame, I'm looking for, you know, throughout the season. Many of you don't know, but mums come in early, mid-season, and late varieties. Now, I know that that doesn't make a lot of sense to you, but if you think about it, a garden center sells them over end of August, September, and October. Now, there's a couple weeks difference between each category. So if you're able to, and we don't always have all seasons on display, so you might ask, do you have any mid-season or late, what they call season extenders, which are set to bloom in October? If you're planting some in your gardens, plant some clusters of all season of mum. Okay? Now, ask the garden center if they have them. If not, purchase some that week, purchase some in a couple weeks, and purchase some in a couple weeks after that. And plant them throughout your yard so that you have these bursts of color that come on. You also can add cabbage and kale, some of the annuals like we talked about last week, like marigolds and snapdragons and petunias. and some, They all hold up really well to our fall frost and even freeze into October. So think about the stage at which the mum is. A lot of people come in and they'll buy those two-thirds open mums and think they're going to last right through, and they just won't, okay? So if you want them to last the whole season, it's nice to have two or three flowers open because you can really see the color and the shade of color. Those are the ones you want to buy, okay? Pick those because they'll last a long time, you know, a month, six weeks, Okay, so when you come into the garden center or you're you're picking up some at the store, just look at the stage in which, you know, I love it when I see a whole lot of mums at the store in early August and they're all two-thirds open. I'm like, God, we schedule our mums to start blooming September 1st. Now, you try to schedule a plant to be perfect, but sometimes they're a little earlier, sometimes they're a little late. This year's a good year. They're coming in just about perfect. They're cracking color about a week ago, uh, you know, with one or two blossoms showing some good color. Uh, right on schedule for mid-September to be maybe half open and then finishing off the end of September, okay? And then obviously we'll have some of those mums also that are starting to bloom in mid-September and go till mid-October. So think of your mum as maybe you're getting two to four weeks, depending on the stage you, you buy it. If it's halfway open, you're probably two weeks away from it passing, okay? If it's very tight, you've got two to four weeks before it looks really good, okay? So use that and try to hit your target 
you know, uh, market, <laughs> you might say, your target date of your events or your, how your yard looks or whatnot. So within planting mums, it's the right time to start talking about, is it time to start cutting things back? And the answer is yes. Get out there and start cutting back some of those perennials that don't look good. If it, it's time to start thinking about dividing things, it's time to think about maybe some pruning, but we got to watch out what we prune it this year. You know, obviously we got to be careful about lilacs and some of the spring blooming plants because they've already set their flower buds for next spring. So if you have questions about pruning and what you should be pruning at this time of year, again, pop us an email, stop in the store, uh, bring a picture. However it is best, pick up the phone and call. Great way, you know, to get the right information. Don't let your significant other just go out there and start pruning stuff. It's time and time and time again, you know, customer will come in in the spring and say, my lilac's not blooming. My husband or wife pruned it last fall. And it goes both ways, folks. It's not always the the, the husband or not always the wife. It goes both ways, okay? It goes both ways. Let's face it. Usually the guys are out there hacking on something. You know, but I would say certainly keep up, you know, and ask questions about pruning this fall. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Are you an organic gardener? Finally, there's a fast-working and effective all-organic insect control available from Bonide. Bonide's Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew is the answer to all your garden insect problems. Captain Jack's works two ways, on contact and when the insect feeds. This will ensure that your insect problems are over. Captain Jack's controls all types of insects, including caterpillars, beetles, spider mites, boars, and more. Use it on vegetables, flowers, berries, trees, shrubs, and fruit. Captain Jack's all-organic insect control is available in easy-to-use dust, liquid concentrate, ready-to-use and ready-to-spray containers with built-in spray applicator. Pick up some Bonite Captain Jack's Dead Bug Brew today at your local independent garden centers of Maine. Visit maineigc.com or bonide.com. Arr. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. And another uh, weekend. Where's the time going? Here we are, 6th of September. We've started our fall hours. If you haven't been to the garden center, you need to come. A lot of beautiful, fresh stuff. More stuff arriving uh, every week. You know, and, and it's amazing because people walk in and they say, what are you going to do with all this stuff? I mean, wh- where's it going? It's like it's going to your yard. I mean, we don't stop, folks. If you keep coming and keep asking for product, we keep ordering, okay? So a lot of fresh product. Obviously, our sale, 20 to 50% off. Some shop stuff, you know, shop-worn stuff that we're, we're getting rid of. Uh, you know, some perennials that are good buys. Some trees and shrubs that we just don't want to overwinter. They need to find a home. So some good, good deals, but everything else is 20% off. So still a good deal. You missed out on the 30 last week. You know, ended... Unfortunately, you got to watch our emails. You got to listen to the radio show. You've got to listen to when we're telling you prices are going up. If you missed out, it's still not bad. You didn't 
get crucified. You didn't, you know, you still got a good deal. Okay, there's still some great, great prices. But let's talk about this this question I, I loved. Okay, so this question is for a customer that uh, has been a longtime client of, of mine. And uh, he, he says, what are your favorite plants for each month? And why? Well, that's, a, that's like a super tough question, you know. Um, but I'm going to try to answer it, okay? So I'm going to just go April to October because winter months, you know, I've got too many things I love, and they kind of replicate some of the things I've put in month by month. By month. So April can be a winter month here in Maine, but some of the plants I really love in April are quince. Um, you know, and it's not necessarily that they're in bloom all the time in April. It might be early May. I like the shape of them. I like the dark stems. I love it when they bloom early like that. And it may not be full bloom until May, but you get those nice pink or orange or red buds, those little round balls that show up on the stems. Uh, you know, just a really nice in early spring interest plant. Pask flower or pulsatilla. I know, I know. I, I threw that in there. Now, it's not a plant you see very often in the garden center. And the reason being is it blooms so darn early that you don't notice it. A lot of times it blooms in our cold house before we even put the plant out. So it's this little beautiful uh, pubescent leaf that comes out and it um, has a beautiful either white or purple flower. And it blooms first thing in the spring. Great perennial, something you should look at. We don't typically have very many, uh, but it's a really cool plant. Um, I've always liked it for years and years and years. Uh, and, and to me, that's, that's a, uh, a, a keeper, okay? Is it something that's well-known? No. And some of my plants that I like are, are not well-known. You know, they're plants that are very underused, uh, different, uh, unique Another one is hellebore, okay? Uh, now, Maine can be a little tough on hellebore. You know, we don't get the evergreen foliage that we do uh, in southern states. We don't get as good a wintering habits. Uh, needs some, some mulching and some other, you know, uh, additions. But hellebore bring a lot of beauty to a garden and, and nice foliage throughout the whole summer. So I like that plant. Uh, check them out. You know, it's a great item to pick up in the fall. We do ha still have some left. Uh, great item to kind of throw in the ground in the fall, and then you get rewarded by beautiful spring, early spring flowers. I like to put it in a warm spot in my yard, up along the foundation, someplace that's going to, you know, have pretty good snow cover, you know, so next to a uh, an area that you shovel off uh, and pile up snow, and that keeps it cold, Okay. And so it doesn't break dormancy as early. If you put it in an area where you got a dryer vent or something, the thing will be in bloom in March uh, or even February. So another great early, early spring plant. Another plant that I like is uh, Hemimalis or Witch Hazel. Uh, now, the ones I like are usually in, in bloom in March. So I like all the intermediate hybrids, uh, you know, like Diane and... Uh, you know, Arnold's Promise and, you know, all of those. We don't sell a lot of them. 
And the reason being is they're done blooming before all of you folks show up at the garden center. We have a beautiful Diane that is planted in one of our gardens, and it's just stunning in late February and March a lot of times. You know, you get that quick warm-up, and it's got this beautiful flower on it. It's it's really kind of gives you hope is the way I like to look at that plant. It gives you hope that spring is coming. You know, it's right at that doldrum when you're like, ugh, man, is winter ever going to end? And let's face it, this past winter was pretty tough. The Farmer's Almanac has said it's going to be a long, cold winter again this year. So, you know, they're usually pretty spot on. So, And last but not least in April, and of course there's many other selections, magnolias. You know, just a, a whole host of magnolias that look great now. Magnolias are a, a possibility of frost hazard, you know, every single year. You know, the blossoms come out, we get two cold nights, and they get frosted. And so you don't get as good a season as you'd like. But boy, this past spring, they went on and on and on. It it just showed you the glory of what that plant can bring. Uh, keep it in a warm spot, you know, uh, but... I definitely, I, I definitely like them for an early spring flowering tree. You know, uh, another one is flowering pear. You know, uh, earlier than crab apples. You know, and and cherries. Uh, usually, just a great, great plant. Uh, blooms before it leaves out. Nice shape, teardrop shape. So those are all some things for April. Now May, May. It's just how many choices do you have in May? Too many. So this is a short list, but there's many more I like. Lilacs. You don't get any more Maine than lilacs. I'm sorry. But we've got all kinds of varieties of lilacs. And why do I like them? Because you can spread the season of lilacs out throughout the whole month of May by just picking different varieties and different species. So, you know, you can have early season varieties, mid-season, and late. And you can spread that fragrance. And there's nothing better than fragrance in the garden, in my opinion. And lilacs... You know, though there are some problems with lilacs, for the most part, they're pretty bulletproof, okay? Yeah, sometimes we can have a little tough time getting them to bloom due to pH and some other things. But overall, once you have a lilac and it's doing well, it just does its thing year after year after year. So I like them for their hardiness and their toughness and just a a good old-fashioned staple plant that every garden needs to have at least one lilac in your yard. Just has to. There's no diff- doubt about it. Fragrant viburnums. A lot of people call them Mayflower. Mayflower viburnums, I'm sorry, but just the fragrance. Again, end of May, sometimes pushing into June. Unbelievable fall color. I love the fall color on this plant. That's probably the bigger reason for me. You know, last week I talked about how I just love fall. Well, all of these kind of have attributes for fall too for me. Okay, so fragrant viburnums, unbelievable fragrance. You get a nice leathery foliage all summer, and then the fall color, that orange, you know, yellow fall color on the interior with the new leaves. Ah, just love it. Okay, forsythia. Now you say, ah, forsythia is everywhere. Yeah, but you know what? Again, a main staple plant. You don't need a lot of them. You need one. Long-blooming. Sign of spring tells you when to put the crabgrass preventer down. You know, I mean, it gives us signs. And specifically the one I like, I like the dwarf ones, like gold tide. Four feet tall, six feet wide. I've never pruned mine. Okay, now I'm kind of 
piquing your interest. Now, gold tide does not bloom well for the first five years. So that's why you don't see a lot of them planted. And that's why you only see we have a few in the garden center in the spring. But if you're looking for a smaller variety, gold tide is an unbelievable variety. I've got some that are probably 16 years old now. They're four feet tall, six feet wide. You cannot see through them. The fall color is beautiful yellow and tough as nails. They bloom well. They're right on the road. They get heavy snow load. They do well. Great plant. Again, one of those things where I look at a plant group and I pick a variety that's different. Okay? So, perennials, just way too many. I mean, gosh, I mean, you could go on and on and on about May perennials that I love. And I'm not going to pick any because there's just way, way too many. Now, trees. I still love cherries. I still like apples. And when I say cherries, flowering and fruiting, same thing with apples. I also like weeping forms of both. You know, I love red jade crab apple beautiful arching habit, weeping form. There's nothing better than a nice old weeping cherry too. You know, just has great, both of them have great structure for the winter. And I told you, I wasn't going to talk about, you know, November, December, January, February, March, because a lot of these plants add to that time frame. Also, they have great structure and plant, you know, characteristics, You know, May, I love Harry Lauder's walking stick. Again, another one. You say, what is Harry Lauder's walking stick? It's this super crinkly, funky, cool plant. I like the purple leaf variety, though. Not the green leaf, the purple leaf. So what do I do? I get unbelievable structure in the winter months. I get a great catkin, which is the fruit in May, okay, or the flower in May. And then I get this red foliage in June and July. It bleaches out and turns yellow in the fall. And then I get the I get the structure again in the fall again also. So am I showing when I'm picking plants, I'm looking at all seasons. And you should be thinking about that a little bit too. It's usually an afterthought. Ask those questions. What is it going to do in the fall? Well, what's it going to look like in the winter? You know, ask those questions when we're in the garden center. So June, another big month. Okay, peak season in the garden center, buying annuals. I'm sorry, but June and July for me are annual months. I love annuals at that time of year. And I'm not going to go into a lot of like super, you know, detail on annuals because I like annuals to be able to be changed. I'm not stuck on one plant in one spot every single year. I don't think that does your yard justice. I like changing gardens. I like them to kind of, you know, ebb and flow year in and year out. And annuals are a way to do that. Having those pockets where you can change things in the seasons, having the bulbs that come up in the spring, then you put annuals in, then you put mums, and, you know, you just, it changes the look of your yard and keeps it inspiring. But I also like roadies and azaleas that time of year. I mean, yeah, they're kind of normal. 
But one of the things I really like are deciduous azaleas. Those azaleas that drop off their leaves in the winter, tough as nails, underused. We have spring and summer flowering. So if you've got a wet spot, you use the summer flowering, the viscosum hybrids. If you've got a drier spot, you use the light series or the expiries. Big, mass, and the color selection. Whites, pinks, reds, bicolors, yellow throats, red throats. Just the world is your oyster when they come to them. Unbelievable fall color on deciduous azaleas. Now, they have some problems with them too. Powdery, powdery mildew can be a problem, which if the leaves don't look good, then the fall color doesn't matter. So you might need to do a little bit of maintenance on them. But tough as nails, no deer problems because they don't have any foliage. All those buds are protected all winter, flower reliably every year. So underused in my opinion. Coosa dogwoods in June. You know, I'm sorry, but, you know, those southern states get away with a lot with when it comes to Coosa dogwoods. But, boy, a good, beautiful Coosa dogwood up here in Maine is a statement plant. It is a specimen plant. It is one. There's one across the street from my parents' house that was put in when I was a kid. And it's got to be 35 feet tall, probably, I'd say, 35 feet wide. And it is just a spectacle every spring. I mean, just unbelievable come in pink and white forms. I have a pink one planted right now. I'm going to be adding a white. But boy, statement plant. Now I've got to be, keep them a little sheltered, you know, baby them along a little bit, you know. Maybe if they don't flower, you kind of swear at them a little, you know. Um, but can be a problem child, but well worth the reward. When it comes to perennials, I'm sorry, but I love June. You got delaphiniums. You got all the leucanthemums or shasta daisies. You know, those big heavy hitter, you know, plants in June that just pow. Delaphinium to me, you know, sometimes can be a pain to overwinter. But man, when you get those big spikes... There's nothing better for a cut flower. There's nothing better for an accent. Yeah, you got to stake them. You got to do some work. But boy, there's just, in my opinion, it's worth the work on that plant. July. July is, is an annual month for me also. I add my second round of annuals in July. And because I don't want everything planted at once. Now, most customers think I'm coming in memorial time frame. I'm going to buy all my annuals. I'm going to plant them, and then I'm done. I mean, I kind of talk you out of that a little bit. There's plenty of fresh stuff coming on in the garden centers. And think about doing things in stages. And why do you do things in stages? Because then things come on in a fresh manner. And if you want to get rid of some of your annuals in August... You get rid of the ones you planted in May. You don't get rid of the ones you planted in June and July because they still look amazing. So you limit the amount of work that you have to do. You put in some of the fall product and replace a few things. And bam, you've got a totally new look. A totally new fresh garden. Wonderful fall stuff that's added. A great way to kind of change things up. And that's why I do it that way. Okay, I tend not to put everything in at once. I like to do a little bit, buy what I can, know I can do, and then stop. 
okay? So annuals are a big thing. In July, Stuardia. You say, Stuardia? What, what is that? It's a beautiful summer flowering tree. I just planted one in my yard this year. It was a plant I kept walking by going, oh, it's calling my name. It's calling my name. I planted one this year. Love the plant. Again, wonderful bark for the off-season. Kind of, you know, birch-looking, tricolored, exfoliating. Love it. White flower with a yellow center. In July, folks, what else is blooming in July? It's too early for hydrangeas, usually. There's, you know, all your fall and summer stuff hasn't really, you know, July can be a dead month. This is a great addition. Butterfly weed. I love butterfly weed. Asclepias. Orange flowers. Bees and butterflies. Love it. Underused plant, in my opinion. Just a stunner. And then, of course, Russian sage. July is towards the end of July, into August. And then daylilies. I'm sorry, but again, staple of Maine. Staple of Maine. August hydrangeas. They are your friend. It's just amazing. Beautiful budlias, you know, Rosa Sharon, Actea. That Simisifuga, now it's renamed Actea, black snake root. Beautiful foliage, big flowers, tall, stunning. So before I get to September, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk WLOB. Can you feel the change coming? Leaves will turn, sweaters will be rediscovered, and autumn will be upon us. Get a jump start on the season with a kaleidoscope of fall color from Estabrooks. Mix and match the texture of cabbage and kale, or beauty of fall garden mums with other fall favorites, and warm your home as the temperature cools. Winter will be here soon, so make this a fall to hold on to. To learn more, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Was your garden all it could be this season? The gardening season may be winding down, but that doesn't mean you can't start looking forward to next year with a visit to Estabrooks. All trees, shrubs, and perennials are now on sale for 20 to 50% off, so it's the perfect time to invigorate your home. Plus, with plenty of fresh plants still arriving, you won't be picking through spring leftovers. Visit Estabrooks in Yarmouth or Kennebunk and on the web at estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks for the joy of gardening. Welcome back to The Joy of Gardening by Estabrooks. I'm Tom Estabrook, and we're talking about some of my favorite plants. A great question by a great customer, you know, of what my favorite plants are by month and why. And, you know, this is a short list, folk. I, I, I mean, there's just, it could go on and on. Um, obviously, it's tough to choose. It's tough to choose for anyone. Uh, but specifically a garden center owner, you're putting in a tough, tough situation. So we've talked about basically April to August right now, a whole host of different things, some a little more common, some a little bit less. Um, but here we are, we're September. This is revelant now. I mean, now we're, we can buy this stuff and plant it. So, you know, great, great plants for me in September. The list is huge. And I've told you time and time again, fall is my favorite time in the garden. 
So probably one of my number one favorite plants are grasses, ornamental grasses. Uh, I'm sorry, but there's just so much color and texture and and addition and fall color. Some varieties I really like, um, Carl Forrester, Calamagrostis Carl Forrester, early plume, tight spot, works very well. Avalanche is another good one if you want a variegated um, foliage. Blue fescue, you know, uh, Elijah blue fescue. Great accent any time of year. Small grower, great to work in, you know, tight spots. Little bunny. Little bunny, Miscanthus little bunny. Unbelievable small little grower. It got plumes all over it right now. Just a super cool addition to a perennial bed. Will kind of just wane and not really, you know, do much early in the season. Then pow, this time of year, plumes all over it. Small grower, nice to have in those small patio areas and whatnot. Another one, Desert Plains. Now, this is a bigger grower, but beautiful pinkish plumes. And then, I, you know, my all-time favorite is Miscanthus floridus. I've got three of them planted in my yard. They're 8 to 10 feet tall and I'd say 6 to 8 feet wide. Plumes very late in the season, great winter interest, um, great foliage all summer, a great screening plant. If you're looking for something to screen an area in the summer, it's going to grow right back to six to eight feet every year. You know, maybe you have a pool or a, or a view, you know, um, that you just need to block for the summer months when you're out using the yard. Great, great idea to use this plant for that. Okay. Um, but grasses, they're just... It, they're stunning this time of year. I can't say enough. Asters, perennial asters. Now you say, ah, oh, but they get rust and they get this. and they. Okay, so here's my tips on perennial asters. Don't let them get four to five feet tall. In my opinion, perennial asters are not meant to be four to five feet tall. What you do is you cut them back in July. You prune them right back down to the ground, and you then you shear them a few times or pinch them in August. And then you leave them be. And then come September time frame, early to mid-September, you have purple or pink flowers all over them, and they're two to three feet tall and covered with masses of flowers. And the nice part about having them that size at that time of year is that you're cutting all your other perennials around them down. And so they look really good. But don't let them get huge. And look nasty all summer. Prune them back. They'll come right back with a vengeance. It's not a problem. And I don't understand why people have a problem cutting them back. So you just have to think about it. Pruning them, pinching them, put it on the calendar. Great addition, but you need to do some work on them. Great late summer flowering. I also love anemone. Perennial anemones. Now, this is a nice shade plant. They come in whites and pinks. September Charms, a great one. Whirlwind's another good one. But they add a lot to a shade garden in the late summer. And blueberries. 
you know, I talked about it last week. You know, blueberries, great addition for fall. You had all kinds of fun with them in September, picking fruit and enjoying. But then the fall color just comes on and just, wow. I mean, brilliant, brilliant red. And we'll talk about that Stuartia again that I talked about in July because the fall color on this plant. There isn't a plant that I have seen that gives me more interest at different times a year than that plant, Stuartia. So at this point, you've got reddish-orange fall color, the cool exfoliating bark. Um, I'm excited to have that in my yard for a long time to come. Japanese maples. And you might say, well, geez, Japanese maples, they kind of look good all summer. But I'm talking about some of the different forms. I'm talking about, you know, um, Akinophytum. I'm talking about the full moon maples. That, wow, fall color, shape, habit, um, Sharp's Pygmy. If you haven't seen this plant, Sharp's Pygmy is just this beautiful little ball. But the fall color and the texture and the the branching structure in the winter, whew, unbelievable addition. But the full moon maples, or even straight palmatum, the green leaf Japanese maples, are a great addition for September. And most people, when they think Japanese maples, they rush in and they're looking for Blood Good or Emperor One or one of the, you know, dark leaf reds. And those are awesome. They are they're on my list for the whole season. And you know, maybe someday we'll talk about what are your top plants for. Just all season good, look good plants. But I like the green leaf varieties. You know, uh, Veardis or Waterfall if you're looking for a lace leaf. Unbelievable orange fall colors on these. You know, they kind of remind me of a sugar maple orange, you know, but in a much smaller form. So a really great, great addition. And then Joe Pieweed. We talked about Joe Pieweed last week. September, it's in its glory. It's big. There's many different forms of sizes of Joe Pieweed, but I really like this plant for September. Um, it really comes on in August, too. You know, it starts to show its glory and size in, in July. In August, it buds up, and then in September, it's in bloom. So you kind of get a nice, nice progression with this plant. I planted a baby Joe in my yard this year. Um, I've got a couple er- other areas. I'm going to put some gateway. I just haven't started in that area, but I've already planned, okay, that plant is going to go in that area. I love it as a vertical accent. If you have like, um, you know, a, a large wall on the side of your house that you just don't know what to do for a vertical accent, it's a good plant for that, you know. You may also look at the vines, you know, Sweet Autumn Clematis, another great one for September. So September is just a a big, big month in the garden. And then October can be hit or miss. So October to me, now we're starting to talk winter plants. I'm not looking at foliage anymore. I've got enough in the yard to for color and all that. Now I'm looking at what am I going to look at the rest of the season? What am I going to look at when there's two feet of snow on the ground? Is it structure? 
you know, how the plant branches. Is it it's evergreen? Is it leaf texture? Like I need a roadie there for a broadleaf. That's when I start thinking about in October. And and you should be thinking about it in September when you're planting too. But this is the time, like I've said time and time and time again, you know, throughout the shows over the years, winter is a gardening month. You just can't dig a hole and put stuff in. So how do you figure out those textures and those screens and the things you want to look at and the things you don't want to look at? So October, some of the things that I love camisiparis, false cypress, there's a million different forms, but I just like all of them. Pinus mugo big tuna. And you say, mugo pine? What are you, crazy? This is an upright mugo pine. It's not a low-mounding type. It's not like the, your grandmother's mugo pine that ate the world. It just grew and grew and grew. This is an upright six to nine foot, probably five feet wide, looks like an egg, beautiful cones all over it. And this is what I'm saying, folks, is there's different forms than what you think there are for conifers, okay? Picea abies rubra spicata. I know that's a mouthful, isn't it? In layman's terms, it's a red tip Norway spruce. I put three of these in my yard this year. Now, this is a cool plant. Now, you think Norway spruce, big grower, seen, you know, everywhere in Maine, native, planted in yards all over the Northeast. This one, the first flush of new growth that comes out is red. Red new growth. The second flush is green. So you get a great evergreen. You get an addition in May of red foliage, and then it disappears in summer, and then you get great cones, bird habitat, all of the things. So again, looking at these conifers, is I can add some color in my spring, but then I also get all the elements in the other seasons. Holly. You know, those red berries, whether it be winterberry or your evergreen hollies. Rhododendrons and birch and... You know, bark color is important in October in the off-season. Smoke bush holds its leaf really long. You know, beautiful burgundy color, but there's also a green form. There's also a yellow form. Great fall color on those, too. Spirea and Japanese maples and euonymus, all great additions. So, I know I'm going on and on about winter, but again... That's the time and time of year when I get to sit and look out the window and go, wow, that's cool. And I hope you can do that in your yard too. So we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with more from the Joy of Gardening on News Talk, WLOB. Whether it's pest management, improving your soil, treating diseases, or simply staying ahead of the weeds, gardening can often feel like a lot of work. Finding great local advice that's timely and helpful doesn't have to be. Sign up for the Estabrooks Garden newsletter, and you'll receive gardening tips, in-depth articles, and great deals every week right in your email inbox. It's the perfect way to stay ahead in the garden and save big on your next visit. To learn more and sign up, visit estabrooksonline.com. Estabrooks, for the joy of gardening. You may not know it, but most lawn fertilizers actually spread chemicals and pesticides across your entire lawn. Until now, that's been the history of lawn care products. 
It's also why Espoma has developed an affordable, all-natural lawn program that is safe for kids and pets. The program consists of four organic fertilizers that are specifically formulated to keep your lawn green. Each product lasts two and a half times longer than traditional chemical products, and they won't burn your lawn or leach away. You already know Espoma as a name you can trust. They've been making organic plant foods like Holly Tone and Plant Tone for over 84 years. Imagine a great-looking lawn that you're not afraid to walk barefoot on. It's a whole new day in lawn care. Look for Espoma organic lawn food products wherever quality lawn and garden products are sold. And visit Espoma.com slash videos to learn more about organic lawn care. Espoma, a natural in the garden since 1929. All right, welcome back to the Joy of Gardening by Estabrook. I'm Tom Estabrook. And we've been talking about some of my favorite plants, and, and there's a million more. You know, we could go on and on and on, and I hope throughout the weeks and months and, and uh, well, over a year that we've been on the air, uh, you've been able to pick up on some of the plants I like throughout the season and, and whatnot, but it was a great question by a wonderful customer, and, you know, just wanted to kind of go through some of those things. And going into fall and winter, you know, I can't stress enough how it's just a great time to think about gardening. You know, uh, we're coming up on the doldrums of winter here before too long. It's obviously early September. We've still got plenty of time to plant. And, you know, it's a great time to garden. And I just wanted to, in the last few minutes of the show here, to talk about why you should plant in fall. Okay? And this is a question that comes up time and time and time again. The reasons why I plant in fall, number one is I have more time. That's first and foremost. But environmentally, you actually, it's the best time to plant. You know, I'm sorry. Everybody thinks spring is the best time to plant, but no. Fall is the best time to plant. Now, the negatives to to fall. You don't have the selection you do in spring. Unless you get into the garden center and talk to us. And we're able to order things. Now, obviously, bigger sizes and things are, are more readily available in the spring. But I love planting in the fall. And the reason is I don't have time to water all summer. I don't have the time to when I plant it in you know April and May to water. May, June, July, August, September, October. I plant in September. I got eight weeks I got to water this plant. And then next summer in July and August, I water it once a week. The reason why it's the best time to plant is plants root in the fall. They don't grow. We're not fertilizing them. We're not asking them to flower. We're not asking them to do anything other than root. And Mother Nature helps us with that. Warm days, cool nights. All we're trying to get plants to do in the fall is root. That's all we care about. We don't worry if foliage is a little beat up. We don't worry about if that plant's cut back like a perennial. All we worry about is rooting. Now, what do we do to get plants to root? Give them a a little bit of good soil, and we give them some good root stimulator and consistent water. Now, obviously in the fall, we can get some hurricanes that come up. We can get some heavy storms that come through. You just got to stay diligent about water. Now, if you come to the garden center and you've got a few plants that look a little stressed or whatnot, but they're good value, again, think to yourself, 
It's not necessarily what they look like right now. You're buying the value for next year. Yes, maybe you've got a hydrangea and it's dropped a bunch of leaves. We haven't been able to keep it wet all summer in the container, but it's a good value. You're buying the plant for next year. It will be dropping its leaves in three to four weeks anyways. So look at the structure of the plant. Look at the branching. Maybe there's a Japanese maple that's dropped a little bit of its leaves. Look at the structure. Look at the basis of the plant. Talk to the sales staff. Well, why do you think this has, you know, dropped its leaves? Why do you think, you know, we may have a good answer for you. We may just say, well, it's, you know, a little stressed and, you know, it's worth a shot. The plants are guaranteed for what you pay for them. So I love planting in the fall. Can I say that? Again, I love planting in the fall. This is the best time of year, I think, to plant. You save some money. You also get some great value. And you're not doing all of that watering that you have to. Now, the later you go into fall, if you were planting in October, we're going to change that. I'm going to tell you, you got to treat that plant just like you planted it in the spring. So now, through September, you can plant and get away with it. But when we plant in late fall... October into November, we need to treat that plant differently in the spring. And so, you know, then you need to go ahead and think about watering in the spring again and fertilizing and treating it like it's a brand new planted plant because it just doesn't put on enough root system. Another Saturday, we're wrapping up. If you have questions, send them to our website, estabrooksonline.com backslash radio. Get out there. Enjoy your garden. I hope you have a great weekend. Music.